0: it seems clear that we are a visual society and perhaps we've always been visual with signs and symbols and images now we're a telecommunications world and we have pocket-sized devices that are not only phones but uh... cameras and televisions right in our pockets and we're getting accustomed to virtual reality. I thought of an example in the sports world, uh, the game of football, which we're very much involved this time of the year. As you know, uh, players, competing forces are on the field and there are rules of the game and there are officials on the game to watch and make judgments uh, about the play. And we have a video instant replay to confirm whether the officials got the call right or not and these officials have to make a split-second decision or we call them judgment calls on on many plays but never fear we have the video confirmation and so there's time to see whether the receiver got both feet down before going out of bounds or uh, the knee touched before the player crossed the goal line with the ball so video confirmation is going to straighten it all out here is what is always clear Uh, Maybe a clear and present danger is one side, their coaches and their fans will see the same phenomenon one way, and the other players, coaches, and fans will see it another, and both sides will swear on a stack of Bibles that the way they see it is correct. Now, it's supposed to be indisputable evidence for the official to overturn the call that was made on the field. And sometimes uh, they do, and most of the time it's deemed that the official got it right in a split second. Indisputable evidence, but we all know that as viewers we can see the same play over and over and over from multiple camera angles, close up, far away, full speed, stop action, slow motion, and still not be absolutely certain what the truth is. And the announcers will often say, it seems such and such. Our story today has a lot to do with seeing. It has to do with not just optical seeing, but a kind of in-depth seeing that has to do with a wide angle view of faith, perspective, context, hope, promise. It has to do with an old priest who had these capacities to see in a particular moment something much deeper and we often use the phrase to confirm such kind of seeing beauty is in the eye of the beholder we've celebrated now the birthday of Jesus the day of the nativity and we go forward to the time that he was eight days old, a newborn, and his mother and father, beloved Mary and Joseph, who were so devout in their faith, they lived the promise, they practiced the rituals, they believed, and they wanted to confirm their son into the promise into the people of the promise. So they journeyed all the way from Nazareth to the holy city of Jerusalem and to the temple to have their firstborn son circumcised into the faith. And there was an older priest, Simeon, his name, and a prophet by the name of Anna. And they were temple people. They truly believed in the promise. The only thing Luke says about Simeon uh, to me, that's insightful is that he looked forward to the consolation of Israel. And these loving parents brought the baby Jesus there to Simeon. And Simeon took Jesus into his arms, looked into his face, his eyes, and something struck Simeon. And Simeon exclaimed, this is the one. This child is God's anointed to fulfill the promises of God for the whole world. And he said, My eyes have seen your salvation, O God. Well, Anna and Simeon both were people of the promise. They lived the anticipation. They practiced expectancy. They knew the patterns of God in history, the ways God has acted in the past. They knew the algorithms of God's activity so that they could be ready at any moment to see God breaking in. And it happened for them. The baby Jesus in the arms of Simeon. Well, we could say that Mary and Joseph have now placed the baby Jesus in our arms. What do we see? Who do we see? Why does it matter? We have to acknowledge that our human seeing is not perfect nor is it necessarily objective. Our human seeing is very conditioned by our humanity, our context, our life experience, our history, our assumptions, our convictions, even our prejudices have to do with the way we see. One latter 20th century philosopher has said, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And another philosopher has said, reality ain't what it used to be. Seeing is more than optics. And our lesson today brings that into focus for us. And Simeon and Anna perhaps can coach us in how to see. That's more than optics. How to see through the eyes of faith, the heart of faith. And for God's sake, folks, we need help in how to see. We have experienced a year, 2020, across the world and in our country that's been like no other in recent decades. We have experienced a lot of darkness in this world. We've seen a lot of negativity, a lot of cynicism, the dark side. We've seen fear and suspicion and mistrust and cynicism. We've observed paranoia. We've seen what conspiracy theories can do in such a negative way. And strange as it seems, uh, America's vision seems to be not 20-20 but 50-50. Half of us see reality one way and half of us see it the other. How could that be? Well, this baby Jesus grew up. He grew up in the context of the faith in which his parents and all the priests and the believers nurtured him. He developed ways of seeing not only the beauty of God's world with his physical eyes, but he could perceive deeper into the reality of the way God moves and stirs in our world now and forevermore. And what was Jesus' primary message? The kingdom of God is already in the midst of you blessed are those who have eyes to see the kingdom of god is in the midst of you Uh, john the baptist was a great preacher and follower he had a lot of followers and they were simultaneous for a while and john was curious of course about jesus and his ministry and john sent word by his followers to ask jesus are you the one Who is to come, or shall we look for another? It's interesting what Jesus said in response. Go tell John what you see. Go tell John what you see. That people are being healed. People are being made whole. The blind see, the lame walk, the diseased are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is preached to the poor and the hopeless and the vulnerable. Go tell John what you see. Oh, friends, we Christian friends of the church and all the world, we need help. We need the example and the council of people like Simeon and Anna and Mary and Joseph. And we need to be able to see, as Paul later said in Ephesians, with the eyes of our hearts enlightened. Maybe 2020 vision requires a change of heart. You see, heart seeing has to do sometimes with those conundrums where we can't quite figure it out for certainty and we have to make a leap of faith (laughs) to make a judgment call that has a lot of life consequences. We've been conditioned to say that seeing is believing but I think the scriptures and I think Jesus and Anna and Simeon might want us to say believing is seeing believing as seeing has to do with the heart has to do with the soul with our orientation in time and space it has to do with living a promise it has to do with looking forward leaning forward future orientation, seeing the future as a gift and as a blessing, expectant living, open, faithful, trusting, patient, waiting, and ready when those moments take place so that we can be observant people, attentive people, and we can see the signs of God. someone has said, where love is, there is God. Oh, how true. Do we see it? Love is everywhere. All the time, on the move. Love has a trajectory. And sometimes we say, love wins. For those of us who have eyes to see... Because God is showering us every day with goodness, blessing, peace, shalom, health, well-being. God is giving love, forgiveness, reconciliation, mercy, compassion, justice, belonging, belief. It's a kind of God-shaped way of seeing. And our eyes... Need that kind of training and honing. I've had uh, dark moments in my life, as we all have, and I'll tell you a quick story. It was about 20 years ago during the Christmas season, and for a variety of reasons, I'd gotten myself in a very low and dark place. And I didn't think I could do ministry anymore as a pastor and a preacher, and I I really wanted out of the situation and it had come to that point Christmas season of about 20 years ago I decided I was going to get out and I started making a plan I even shared it with my family come the new year I was going to start executing the plan Now. Lessons in Carol's service with the candles. I happened to be seated on the front row where the choir would process in and out. And during the closing of that service the choir was processing by me with candles lighted illumining their faces. They were singing. They were singing. Silent night Holy night, Son of God, loves pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. And it hit me. These are my people. I have a lot of history with these people I cannot leave them. And I made a turn to a different future. This year has been hard. It's been filled with darkness and death and grief and turmoil and confusion and it seems truth has been up for grabs What do I believe will we ever get through this? And the whole situation has humbled us to cry out to God for help to be able to understand and to see what's happening and what is real and what is true. And maybe we do what the Scriptures have always said. This will be a sign for you. You will find a babe lying in a manger in Bethlehem of Judea. And there we can begin to see something like, my eyes have seen your salvation. And then Anna, oh, Anna was there too. She lived her life day and night in prayer in the temple. She saw it. She saw the promise that she had anticipated and expected. She was ready. And Anna became a preacher. On the spot, she became an evangelist for Jesus. Because her eyes had seen God's salvation. Amen.